0: Hey everybody. I'm Robert and I'm Ira. Wait a minute. You're not right. Rocío? No, I'm not. Am I? <laughs> should we explain this or just <laughs> I think we should. I think okay, it feels a little weird. Explain it, Robert. <laughs> well, Rocío is not here. Rocío's in Mexico right now. Uh-huh. So we wanted another podcast and, to put out. And well, Rocío, what do we say about Rocío? Uh, what are you going to say about Russ? <laughs> <laughs> Throw it on me. <laughs> Well, we'll see when Rocio gets back. And uh, right now, we're, we're putting Ira on temporary co-host duties. We'll see how he does. So, in other words, you broke up with her, and that's why I'm here.
1: And I'm like a temporary host, we'll see how well I do. And if I screw this up big time, all you people will never hear
0: from me again. You know, it's, it's fitting that you say that, because the film we're about to review has something very similar with you know cheating on people and revenge and things like that. I have an idea. Yeah? Write a book. Write, a, write book. a book and send it to Russia. <laughs> well, spoiler alert: <laughs> I, I do think that we should talk about nocturnal emissions, as you called it. Nocturnal <laughs> I didn't emissions, say that, didn't I? <laughs> nocturnal animals. The Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Let's let's discuss. So, what did you think about Nocturnal Animals? I liked it a lot. Now, wait a minute. Actually, what? before we even get into that, I think we should address: Who the fuck are you, Ira? Who am I? Who is Ira? What, my background. Ira is my uh, writing partner, my producing partner. Uh, he helped produce the film with me, uh, 30 Love, and it's it's a, a great film that's going to be released later this year, actually. How about that? How about yeah, that? So we'll have a whole episode about that when, yeah, when it comes time. We'll talk about that movie. Yeah. Oh, we'll rave about it, won't we, Robert? it would be great. <laughs> but in the meantime, Ira and I love films. We thought that he'd be a really good host. Now, let's get back into it. We're talking about nocturnal emissions. What did you think? I was blown away by it. I thought it was a... Um, <laughs> What did you just say? We're talking about nocturnal Nocturnal emissions. Let's talk about your nocturnal emissions.
1: (laughs) Well, last night... No, no. No.
0: (laughs) Please do not Uh, describe your nocturnal emissions.
1: What an ambitious, satisfying film. Yeah. And it was, it, it was clever, and on so many layers. Should we first do a, uh, a brief synopsis of the storyline? Yeah, go we, ahead and synopsize it. Well, I was going to ask you to do it. Oh, you want so, me to do yeah, it? Yeah, I would. Okay, but I'll so,
0: chime in. Okay. I'll chime in. So Nocturnal Animals is a, a film that's really got, it's a parallel storyline. Uh, you've got Amy Adams' character who receives, in the opening few scenes, a book from her ex-husband. And throughout the film, she's reading this book. And as she's reading the book, she starts to become so involved in the story that she starts to visualize the main character of the book to be her ex-husband and so we start to flash between the fantasy of the book that she's reading and her life and she starts to draw a lot of parallels between the two storylines and starts to kind of think about some of the decisions that she's made in her past and kind of plays out from there is that a pretty accurate well description
1: said. well said Thank good you.
0: synopsis you what, know why what, I said that synopsis? you reading off of Wikipedia or something? No, that's I, exactly what happened. Oh. oh I'm making is, eye contact with you. How yeah, could I be reading right. off of Wikipedia?
1: Good point. Yeah. But Unless they you have a teleprompter. But they don't know that now, do they? So what did you think? I, I was... The, um, the, the two stories certainly did come together, and I'd like to break it down with... Um, well, let's first talk about... What, should we talk about the look of the movie, the, the music, and go into the editing? Yeah. Or overall
0: th- themes well, it, I, th- I think we got to talk about some of the acting in this film. Oh, Because okay. it was some great acting. You
1: know, I'm going to go out on a limb and probably really surprise you about it. I'm not particularly a fan of Jake. Jake un- Gyllenhaal? Until now. Yeah. Until now. He really... Bl- I always thought that he was a one-note actor, kind hmm. of, and to be honest, I liked his sister a lot more. Yeah. However... But you just he like her because re- of
0: Secretary, because she bends an over... That's amazing movie. Yeah. Can we do
1: that one next time? <laughs> you just want to yeah, see her. That's yeah, of quite that. a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um... He was incredible in this movie. He really was.
0: In fact, they all were. I, I wonder, she- though, if you haven't seen enough of Jake Gyllenhaal to really appreciate his body of work. Because I feel like that's a lot of people who don't haven't seen very much of him. It took a while for me to become convinced as well. Some of the stuff that I've seen him in has been... Um, I, it, it's been unimpressive. But uh, I, I think I talked about it earlier on this podcast. But he was in a movie called Enemy. And he plays a character who sees he's like a a guy who is watching a movie and sees an actor who looks just like him and decides to try to meet this guy and he plays both characters and they look just alike but they're not brothers or twins or anything they're just two people who look exactly the same Hmm. and they their lives start to intertwine because of this similarity in their appearance And he pulls both characters off so beautifully in the same film. And you know who you're watching every step of the way, which I think is a really good testament to his acting that you can understand who's who, even though the characters look exactly the same. So, and they're both realistic. They're both, uh, you know e- easy to follow along with i think that to me solidified in my mind how strong of an actor he is and but i haven't seen that film I and mean, most people so don't maybe think i'm have. forming
1: conclusions based on too little evidence yeah. that he's a lot better than i did you ever see end of watch the the I'm, cop film i'm very familiar with it no i haven't seen it i think see, that's another one i think huh? that
0: will turn you around i think um, yeah. once i you saw that you know what that, i'm
1: already turned around Yeah. having seen this film i'm already turned around yeah yeah
0: And you're ready to take it from Jake Gyllenhaal? You just turned around and ready to take it? Well, that too. (laughs) Speaking of nocturnal emissions. So uh, keep going. So you, you like Jake in this movie.
1: Yeah, I've, I liked everyone in this film, and, and as far as, Amy Adams is having quite a year, is yeah, she? she? really is. And uh, people are talking about perhaps uh, Oscar buzz for both films. For uh, Arrival? For Arrival, and she's incredible in Arrival, but, um, and look, we all know the downside of that, that it could split the vote. Yeah. And when that happens sometimes, even though it's fun for us to watch, but uh, it might cancel out, and it's possible she wouldn't be nominated, let alone receive the actual award when you're nominated in two two different films for the same category. Now,
0: I got to wonder, surely her camp would be aware of that happening come Oscar time. It's got to be that yeah. her her camp would say, look, vote for Arrival. Don't vote for Nocturnal Emissions. And I'm going to keep calling it Nocturnal Emissions, by the way. Uh, you know, they, they probably are going to tell people, the voters of the Academy, vote for this net film, not that film. Um, we mentioned earlier that um, Steve Soderbergh was nominated for both traffic and Aaron Brockovich for best director and he won for traffic. And I was always wondering if that was going to happen during that Oscar season. I was wondering if, if he was going to split the vote and right. he ended up not doing it. I, I got to believe that the, the powers that be her publicity machine. Yeah. Her they said, we're very honored with focus, Aaron Brockovich, but we want one. traffic. Right. Right. Or maybe they even asked him which one, if you had your druthers, would you prefer to right. vote right. for right. And I have a feeling it would be this movie. Uh, Yeah, in her case, would be nocturnal.
1: um, I gotta believe nocturnal emissions. You just (laughs) stop saying that. Now you're gonna keep saying this is really uh, embarrassing. I like nocturnal nocturnal animal. I've already spengalied
0: you into believing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone was incredible in this movie. You know who else really needs to be mentioned in terms of acting. Michael Shannon. He's incredible. He's really amazing. What else has he done? He's done some really, really good films. Um, he did Take Shelter a few years ago. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but if you get the chance, that movie is so good. It's about a character who... Have you seen it? I haven't. It's about a character who thinks the end of the world is coming, and he has all these premonitions and of, of, or visions of the end of the world, and he basically spends all of his family's money on building a, a bunker to protect them because he believes that the end of the world is coming and he he's almost not sure of himself but he keeps getting all these signs and he can't help it and um and it's really about the downfall of his family life as he becomes so obsessed and then uh spoiler alert for this film that's several years old it, the film really never tells you whether the end did come or whether it was his imagination but that's so beautiful it doesn't beautiful. matter it doesn't, you're it doesn't off matter not knowing right and and it, you really start to see the decay of this human being and that really uh, it blew me away um in his in terms of his acting and I knew I'd seen him in other stuff before but when I saw that film it it was incredible and just very very realistic understated performances he he was also a major character in um Boardwalk Empire, mm-hmm. if you've seen that, mm-hmm. and was really one of the best parts of that movie, just a total asshole character, just a really, really nice villain. Uh, but I, th- I felt like in this film, he did a really nice job of, I mean, he's so intimidating when he's on screen. He's got that stare and just this ice, iciness and that cold look, and he never really backed down from anybody, but he wasn't the villain, that's right. and That's he, right. I think he did such a nice job of being scary, but he's on your side. And if, if anything, he's the ultimate hero of the film, one could argue. Um, we should say he plays the
1: part of the sheriff. The town sheriff. In the, in the, it's funny, Robert, I was going to say in the B story, but actually in this film, which is the A story and which is the B? <laughs> that's such a good that's question. That's a great question.
0: I, I would almost say like the. I could You would call the the Amy Adams life the A story I only agree. because it starts I, it, with yes, that. Yes, yes. And that seems to be the framework. Yeah. Is that fair to say? I think
1: so. It's the framework, but a lot more time
0: is, of course, spent in the B story. And I think we're almost more interested in the B story. It's more riveting. Yeah. So, I mean, the, it should be noted that the B story, the, the book that Amy Adams is reading the entire film, is about Jake Gyllenhaal's character uh, who is he's going cross country or on a road trip with his wife and his daughter and they run into some local rednecks and uh, they run them off the road and wind up stealing his car and kidnapping his wife and his daughter and they wind up uh, taking Jake Hall out into the middle of the Texas outback and just dropping him off in the middle of the brush and for left, leaving him for dead and then he winds up finding out that they've ultimately been raped and murdered. And so he wants revenge. And this whole film is centered around revenge. And it's, I don't even think most people realize it's a revenge story until at the, the very end. And, and even then I think a lot of people might even miss that it's a revenge story. Right. right. Uh, but it, it's totally got revenge all over it. And I, that's what I really like about it. It's kind of a, a Western in a sense. Right. I have to tell you that
1: the first, the first, what, well, I guess like the first half hour of this movie, the driving sequence and what Mm -hmm. happened when the quote bad guys pulled them over. And it, it reminded me, it was so, it was so anxiety provoking for me. Um, even like, remember the first 20 minutes of grand Canyon. Yeah. Do you remember that when in Inglewood, the car breaks down the tow truck and there's Mm -hmm. the same, that same tenseness. Yes. It's like, it was really well executed. And I
0: feel like other movies that have done that, like alien or the shining or this, like, you know something's coming and you just keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that's definitely what I was feeling while they were driving. You just, you knew something's up. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And the others too, we should acknowledge some of the other characters also. By the way, I just want to say also that with, um, with, uh, with Michael, uh, Michael I Shannon. I was say to you right after the movie ended that he reminded me of uh, Tommy Lee Jones could play that part. But Tommy Lee Jones already has played that part. We've seen Tommy
0: do that. And this was just better. This was more layered and more textured. Yes. Because I think as well, one of the the nice casting choices with Michael Shannon was that because we've seen him playing some uh, villains before, we've seen him in in, in a few movies, I don't know how much people really remember seeing him, but, uh, you know, he's... He's played so many great villains. He was Zod in the uh, the Batman Superman movie and things like that. So he's played some really evil characters that seeing him on screen, you're almost waiting for him to be evil. And then he never is. He's you, you just keep waiting for this for him to fuck over Jake Gyllenhaal. And he doesn't. He's actually trying to help him out. And even up to the very end, I just kept waiting for the ultimate. And fuck I thought over. that was
1: going to happen. Yeah. We haven't talked about this, we you should
0: acknowledge. We, and I really thought
1: that there was going to be, that was going to happen. And it didn't. It didn't. He was a noble character. Yeah. And he wanted justice in his own way. Right. Uh, as long as we're talking about other cast members, too, Laura, Laura Lenny, she's quite wonderful, isn't right. she? Her body of work, it was a small part. Yeah, it was, she was only that one scene. Hey, there's the no
0: small parts, just I small players. I
1: love, love it, I love it. And um, she's terrific. She was just terrific in that one scene with um, uh, playing the mother. Yeah, and her uh, hair was so I good. Know what was that up scene, with her hair? She's total Texas mom. I know. I bought I know, it every step know, of the way. I know. Way. I know. I feel like I know that woman. Yes, I yeah, do. too. Yeah. <laughs> So, that's the cast. We covered the people. Yeah. And uh, as far as the... um,
0: Well, one thing that we have to do before we go too much further... Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt. what, what? We have to talk about the opening shot. The opening title sequence. What the fuck was that? Oh, that. That. For those of you that haven't seen this movie... Jesus, God. Please go see it. If for nothing else, just to see the opening sequence... Or don't. Maybe go five minutes late to miss the opening sequence. Yeah, should we describe it or not? Please. Please, let's describe it. Oh, then have at it. Okay, so it's got to be, what, three or four. How would you describe these women? Morbidly obese. Morbidly obese women that are a little elderly, I would say. Maybe 50s or 60s. Not old, but they're, they're not svelte, young, morbidly obese. These are older women Older Not old And They're completely naked Yes And they are gyrating On screen With Sparklers, was like a
1: Fourth of July thing with right. a red, white, and blue, and sparklers Glitters being completely thrown Completely naked, them. morbidly obese, and I um, even saw
0: some of them were so know, I sweaty You went out with one of
1: those? <laughs> I, did, I did. Yeah, her name is Nancy. Yeah, we went out in nineteen seventy-seven
0: <laughs> to her uh, out for dinner. Somehow, I would not be surprised. <laughs> You're like, hey, I recognize that. That <laughs> you pussy, <know> that woman, <laughs> that fupa looks familiar. <laughs> But I noticed on one of them that she was so sweaty from dancing that the glitter was sticking to her arm isn't that crazy And the lipstick you remember the lipstick that was Ugh. smudgy and it was
1: just off but let's uh, let's talk about why the movie had that um
0: that beginning Well, I told you my interpretation of it. I mean I think it was a i think it was an homage to the uh, commodification of Art in general.
1: Did we even say that Amy Adams' character is a a, a curator of? I don't think we said that. I don't think we talked about that in the podcast. So Amy Adams'
0: job is a art curator,
1: right? An art gallery, not an artist herself. Is that correct?
0: That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And so I I think it's really a testament to how perverse a lot of art is getting, Um, and it's it's gross in a lot of ways. And yet it's fantastical in a lot of ways. And I think that parallels a lot of the the, the story that um, the author, the, the fictional author, Edward, I think, is mm-hmm. the, is that the? Tony is the character in the movie, but Edward is the Jake Gyllenhaal character that wrote the book. Uh, the, the book that he wrote is ultimately... Um, sick in the same way like gross and then also fantastical in the same kind of sparklers and glitter way being so that's what I, I found the correlation to be is that it's this deeper critique on art itself or it might have just been a funny way to begin the movie but that's how i it.
1: Well i think it was more than just but i think you're right i think you're right with your interpretation and the uh the director uh Mr. Ford certainly um um Had a lot of fun showing the art world of which she, Amy Adams, was about. It was so sterile and cold and antiseptic. And um, it, it, it was everything about the set decoration and the house she was in and the way her hair... It was just, you remember, Robert, remember that great scene, too, with the co sitting around that table? Yes. And uh, wanting to, uh, should we let her stay on board or fire her? And the other woman's reaction, the close-ups on their faces. Yes. And it was an interesting it, statement. It was a, a
0: perversion yes, of art. Which actually, I think, supports the opening scene. Yes. And I think, um, I mean, a lot of the artwork that's shown throughout the film I think foreshadows the ending of the film, the, the art pieces that are shown selectively. There's a, a, a photograph of a man holding a gun on another man in the middle of the desert. And they show it for a few minutes. They also show a uh, a deer who's been arrowed right. to death <clears throat> and uh, probably has you know 20 or 30 arrows sticking right. out of it. And they also stand in front of this giant... Um, a painting of, of the words revenge That's written right. on it. And all of those really foreshadow what's going to happen to Amy Adams' character.
1: Wasn't it interesting, too, that Amy Adams' character, when she saw the revenge poster, um, she didn't even recognize it? How long has that been here? Yeah. She wasn't even aware of it. And then they told they, her, you a, bought this. You bought it. Yeah, you just don't That's even remember beat. it. That was a great beat.
0: And I think part of it is that she's now starting to realize what she's done and the idea of revenge and how revenge shapes us and takes takes a hold on us
1: I mean, revenge has been done as we know in so many films mm. from Nevada Smith we can name like so many movies where it's just getting our comeuppance and getting even revenge was certainly a major theme in this movie but it was also more yeah it was it was more
0: than that it, and I do want to say there's something that's universal about being fucked over that you want to fuck them back I mean, there's there's something there. Like, just revenge is a dish served best cold, right? I feel like cold. you can get personal
1: on this, perhaps. I, I almost I ca- could. I could feel it, Robert. <laughs> I don't know if you... Uh, you ever... I,
0: I think that turns into a whole different podcast. Oh, come on. I'm sure everybody listening would be very interested in it. Yeah, revenge. I'm sure they would. But regardless, I think yes. I think revenge is a universal theme, And I think people ultimately wind up setting themselves up. You know, people aren't necessarily considerate to what's going on in their lives. I I know trying to not get too personal, but I I do try to live my life in a way that people wouldn't want to seek revenge on me. I try to um, do things in a way that don't leave me and to to have that situation unfold. Do you know what I'm saying? I think you kind of do similar as well, because I noticed that you're. You're very upfront and honest about things in life to, to prevent revenge. It's nasty.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, in both the A and the B story, what we are labeling as the B story, mm-hmm. uh, with the bad guys, they certainly get their comeuppance at the at the end where he gets his revenge mm-hmm. on what they did to his, um, his wife and, and daughter. And the ending of the movie in the A story, mm-hmm. the ending of the actual film, revenge... It was... What's that wonderful quotation that we love? That the uh, opposite of um, love is not hate, but it's... Indifference. indifference. Yeah. Indifference. And I don't know if we want to do a spoiler alert for the very last scene. Is Um, that...
0: uh, Well, spoiler alert. I think the whole movie is going to be spoiled by this point, but go ahead.
1: uh, She doesn't show up. He doesn't show up. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Scratch that. He he doesn't show up. And uh, she's there waiting for him, excited that her uh, first husband... And uh, she was so blown away by the quality of his writing. Right. And uh, to simply not show up was definitely a form of um, revenge. Of revenge,
0: yeah. And, and I mean, not to get... To, uh, there's definitely other money shots that I want to mention. But for me, one of the biggest money shots of the whole movie was the very last shot of her face taking this drink where you could start to see that she had aged a little bit. You could see that she's older now and she's beaten. She's kind of broken. She's really caught between a loveless marriage with a husband that's cheating on her and she knows it. And the possibility of this other life that she could have had with this other man right. who really loved her. And in a lot of ways, it's kind of the same uh, emotion as La La Land. But I feel like this almost pulls it off better because they they don't necessarily have to go through and show you what could have been um, like La La Land does. Right. I know you said that La La Land, you had mentioned that to me before, that you said you thought the ending did work for you. For and me, it did it for did. me, too. For me, it did. But I almost like this better where we just know. We know what could have been. Right. One
1: thing, too, and she is by herself in that last scene, um, certainly a, a money shot, that her she had a cocktail that she was drinking. Yeah. And... Moments later, we see the glass, and now it's half down, yeah. implying time went by. Right. She's been sitting there longer than we're watching her on screen. Yeah, The liquid was farther down the glass. We see and other that, people come and yes, sit down and yes, have their meals. It was meals a beautiful long gone. shot. It was a great master shot. We just right. saw the whole... It was It was real powerful.
0: Well, for it me, was, definitely one of the money shots is that last shot, just her sitting there. Right, right. What else? What else sticks out in your mind?
1: Uh, other than to the, the cast and what an ambitious film this was. It was based on a novel. Was yeah. there, The name of the novel was, um, what was it? It was know, like Tony the, and... There are two names. Yeah, was there two names. Well, what's the character's uh, name? I shouldn't put you on the spot like Tony that. Tony and was, Susan or yeah, something like that? I think like that's that. it. I think that's it. And what a, um, I keep using the word ambitious, but in fact, in one of the reviews that I did read in The New Yorker, they said he managed to film... A novel that was unfilmable. Yeah. Which is what a compliment. Yeah. What a compliment. And again, that's why I keep on embracing the word amb- ambitious. Um, the cinematography was real solid. Yeah, it really was. The movie has a great look to it. And the music. The
0: music was music so was really, good. Yeah. And
1: I think... It, um, and it underscored.
0: It, it really did. did. It, it didn't call it, attention to itself needlessly. Just these little uh, like violin uh, just notes that the composer hit. And I didn't look up who did the music, but it was... It, it really added to the scene, and I've said this before in earlier podcasts. I don't like when the music dictates how you should feel, but it didn't really do that. It added some tension. Boy, when they're driving down the the road, and there's if if you happen to hear this podcast and then go watch that movie, listen to the music when they're driving down the road and they pull up behind these these uh, rednecks, and there's just this tension, and the music just fuels it, but it doesn't tell you how to feel. Right, right. And I think that's a really important element to consider. It just supplements what you're watching.
1: Right. It doesn't dictate what you should be feeling. And it also got a little bit lush too near the end, which is perfect. It just felt right throughout. In addition to the cinematography and the music, I want to acknowledge the editing. This... This really stood out with the editing. It really did. The, the back and forth cuts. So there were some rapid fire. There were little hints, a little bit of teasing. And you had to pull back and realize what you were seeing.
0: Um, and I think part I of that to has see- to be Tom Ford's writing and direction. Right. He had to have known there were certain scenes and certain um, tense moments with the sound and everything else that they would cut on an action in the B storyline. And we would That's snap right. awake That's in right. the A storyline. And to do that really shows a pre-planning and an execution on a solid level. To be able to go to, presumably, I guess they're shooting in Texas, and film these scenes and then weeks or perhaps even months later, shoot these scenes with Amy Adams and get the same kind of pop and emotion is really a tough challenge. I and mean, We've experienced that when yeah. we were filming yes. our film. Yes, yes. And to... to Bridge that gap is is really tough, and I think the editor definitely the editor. But a lot surely
1: the director had that in mind and knew what he wanted. Yeah. He had to. Yeah. You know, it's that wonderful question about the director and editor working in collaboration. Right. And does the editor merely edit the film and do what the director says, or does the editor have creative control to show it a certain way and yeah. suggest it? And I don't know what the answer is. I suppose it just Both. varies on the dynamics of the people involved. Right. But this, I have a feeling that our director. Had that look in mind and knew what he wanted. While we're talking, while I'm going to we look shooting. up who
0: edited this. Yeah, film.
1: I think I hope this gets nominated, at least nominated for
0: for best editing.
1: Editing, yeah, it stood out. It just stood out. What
0: else stood out to you? Uh,
1: I love the juxtaposition of the A and B story. Again, I love the cold, sterile art world that was done really well. It was all like metal and shiny, with it lacking love
0: me of. Ex Machina, yeah, the, yeah. the robot film yeah. from last year, I yeah. think it was. Just that kind of cold, sterile feel. All the and, and also even Westworld. I don't know if you've seen any of Westworld. I, have. But I it, have. that kind of feel in the lab, it felt very just sterile and there's nothing anywhere. It's all too clean. And it reminded me a lot of that. Would you agree? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> what he said. What
1: else? We did mention, too, that if we're, flaw is such a strong negative word, but there were certain things that we questioned, even like with uh, in the A story where her uh, second husband is having yes. an affair. And they sure hit us over the head with that. It could have been more subtle. There were like five or six clues, and there was one overt one in the elevator. Yeah. We're, hearing, we didn't need that. It was obvious from his body language, tone of voice. You know, he didn't show up at her art okay. event. And that speaks volumes. And that's one thing that we spoke about if we're searching for a, a critical comment that we're being hit over the head with that notion needlessly that the audience is smart enough to fill in the gaps.
0: Yes. And that's the one of the, the few things as I was sitting there watching this movie saying, I don't need all this from the current husband that Amy Adams has. I, we, we get that he's not supportive. We know that he's probably cheating just by – I mean, the actor – did his work, I think it was overwritten. I think that's the one part of the the script. And I'm sure the actor is not going to turn down more screen time, but, Really, the film would have been better served to have not had those moments in there.
1: We didn't need the elevator scene. Not at all. It was so obvious and overt, and he was spoon feeding us. Yes, the director was spoon feeding us. Just uh, in needlessly. case you didn't know, yeah, he's um, cheating on and, her. Draw an arrow on the uh, yeah, yeah, having an affair. But that we're we are nitpicking here. Yes, and it was. Um, I was blown
0: away by this movie. I, I want to say something about the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were talking about the B storyline, that where Jake Gyllenhaal is trying to get revenge on these. Um, these three rednecks who have raped and murdered his uh, his wife and daughter, it really was reminiscent to me of, it, it reminded me of, one, Breakdown, which I don't know if you've ever seen Breakdown. It's a Kurt Russell movie from the 1990s where his uh, wife and he are driving cross-country and she's kidnapped and he's trying to find her. And it definitely has some feel. Of that, uh, which is a great movie. If anybody wants a really solid thriller, check that movie out. It's really good. Kurt uh, Russell was in that. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see that movie? I, I think a lot of people missed
1: it. Yeah. Um, there was a similar one too with James with Jeff Bridges, I think, wasn't there? Maybe uh, I'm getting confused, but or maybe I it was Kurt Russell, and I just thought it was Jeff Bridges. Um, maybe <laughs> there might have been one
0: with Jeff Bridges as well. <coughs> um, and the other thing that it reminded me of was I think I'd mentioned this to you, there's a Dean Kuntz movie or book called um called Intensity. And the first little bit of this reminded me a lot of intensity, where um the first chapter or two is a little slow, but man, after that, every single page is it's a page turner. You can't put that book down. Uh it is intense. It's intensity and the whole time you're just like, what the fuck's gonna happen? What the fuck's gonna happen? And that's very much how I felt with the whole Jake Gyllenhaal storyline, the B storyline. I want to know what's happening next. I want to know what's going on. And I don't want the film to be over. I almost wanted that to keep going. And I love when I feel that from yeah, a movie. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like that with that book, Intensity. But I, and there were some similarities even, even with... Even the names. You mentioned the characters' Yeah, names? The, the main character in Intensity, her name is China, And the daughter's name in the fictitious book that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's in, her name is India. So there's some definite similarities there.
1: I think it's an homage. Probably.
0: Probably. No. Maybe it's a pure coincidence, but it feels very similar. And then it starts to have its own... It starts to veer off a little bit. But I I wouldn't be surprised if the writers were throwing that in there as an homage. I think I also missed... I think there was another homage to Jennifer Lawrence in this. You, you mentioned that. So articulate a, that. A, a quick little snippet of... Amy Adams is at dinner, and a friend of hers mentions some actress. And the actress says, yeah, I'm going to take when I, when you get pregnant, you spread Pam all over your pussy. So you don't get stretch marks. And that, but she said something to that effect. Okay. Isn't that what she says? So you're on your own here, Robert. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just Go ahead, make that Robert. up? Go ahead. We, want, but, we And we everyone's want to hear kind hear of this. staring at this actress, like, who the fuck is this? And, they, Amy Adams leans over to another character and they're like, man, this this, you know, check, and apparently she's an actress, and the, the friend says, uh, or Amy Adams says that oh, she's going to get nominated for sure, and her friend says, oh, she's going to win. And I took that to mean that this was apparently some actress who had been invited to this important art opening or whatever, and the actress looked a little bit like Jennifer Lawrence. I love these tangents you come up with. And I really, yeah. I, I gotta feel like that's a Jennifer Lawrence reference. I feel like they kind of saying, because that seems like the kind of thing Jennifer Lawrence might say at a dinner party. You, you could be right. Yeah. I yeah. could definitely see Jennifer Lawrence saying that. And I could definitely see them kind of, not snickering, but almost like, mm, she's part of the new Hollywood. You know, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that.
1: Yeah, we know. We know you can. <laughs> yeah. I love these <laughs> tangents. Hey, you know how I'm uh, sort of a trying out here with yes. this team effort? Yeah. Watch. Yeah.
0: Next time it'll just it's be me. You and Albert won't be here. So, what other things stick out? I mean, I kn- the colors. You had mentioned some colors. Oh yeah, you're
1: talking about the, the red.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, you mentioned green. Yes. So tell me about the green because I I noticed red, but the the red that I saw, signified to me death. Uh, um, the 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 wife and the daughter were found on a red couch. It's this bright, vivid right. red couch, right. and meanwhile, Jake Gyllenhaal is wearing a red um shirt like a uh, it's a red plaid shirt and they all of those characters die and then it cuts back to amy adams who's sitting in this red office it's a bright red office and it, it while her her character doesn't really die per se in another sense she does die she's the um the victim of revenge uh you know the Um, the main bad guy says that uh, he enacts revenge on people when they accuse him of something. When they accuse him of being a rapist, then they get raped. And so it could be argued that the wife and the daughter were victims of revenge and that Jake Gyllenhaal was a victim of revenge. And so is... Amy Adams' character, she's a victim of revenge. So this red color pops up in an otherwise very sterile world, uh, you know, it's filled with just kind of grays and blacks and whites, and then you see this color that pops up of red, and it really stands out to me. Did you say that was yeah, something Yeah, I read
1: else? some, this is not my own original thought, unfortunately, it was a review I believe in The New Yorker, and about how they mentioned the color green and in the A and B story, it was a bridge. It was a link going from one to the other. Oh. I didn't notice that. It was something I read prior to doing this with I you.
0: love seeing the use of good color. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the best parts of Sixth Sense was going back and rewatching the whole film. Yeah. Now that you knew red signified death, and oh my gosh, it took on a whole new meaning. Yeah.
1: You know, I said something to you when the movie was over also about how um, he was um, kind of a dick at yeah. the end. And I can see your point. Well, but and I notice you, well, you yeah because of how she treated him that she deserved that. Um, yeah, he, I think so. He really set her up saying, "Read this. Uh, I'd love to see you, and uh, read my manuscript, and let's let's meet for dinner and talk." And I suppose all along he had no intention of showing up.
0: Yeah, I don't think did he it. did. Yeah, I think he knew that he had created a beautiful piece of artwork. Right, and he knew that her critique of him was that he would never amount to anything because she was fueled by her mom and she starts to realize I fucked up, right? I fucked up by not believing in him more. And so now she has the, the, the chance to correct everything, but it's too late. He's already moved on. Um,
1: but what about the need? We've talked about this with other projects too, the, of, of likeability to care for your main character, to be a good guy and to root for that person and so on. Well, uh, he he
0: wasn't he, okay. He, so who was there's the main, so many timelines yeah, in yeah. this because we're flashing backwards to you know 18 years ago, and then we're also f- popping into a fantasy timeline. But we never really see the modern Edward, the you're right. the the modern Jake Gyllenhaal character, the real Jake Gyllenhaal, the, the writer of the fictitious book. Man, if you haven't seen this movie, you're very confused by this yeah, podcast yeah, right now. <laughs> Well, I'm interrupting you to ask an incredible... is an interesting question. Who is the protagonist? Oh, that's... I almost th- think our protagonist is someone that never ends up on screen. I think I would say it's Jake Gyllenhaal's fictitious... Uh, it's his real character of Edward. Yeah. But we only see him through flashbacks. And it. I guess you could argue that it's really Amy Adams. That's what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say it was Amy, but... Isn't that a great question? I mean, she fucked up. And so maybe she's a protagonist, but in another sense, like she shouldn't have done the things that she did. Right. You know what he tells her? He's like, you work at this. And she quit. She quit on him. She listened to her mom. She She listened
1: to her mom. Yeah.
0: Laura. Fucking Laura. Laura. What a bitch. (laughs) See, let this be a lesson. Don't listen to mom. Don't listen to mom. Were there other things that stood out to you?
1: Those were the elements I wanted to speak about. The cinematography, the music, the story, the story in an A and B. And it was a it was a smart movie. It really was. It yeah. was an intelligent movie. It, I said a this. To you, I said movie. this to
0: you on the train before. I could almost see a lot of people not liking this movie because it is going to take some mental energy. You're going to have to focus. It's not going to be a film that you can just passively watch and still fully get. If you If you just passively watch it, you could appreciate probably the B storyline of Jake Gyllenhaal trying to seek revenge. But I don't think that you're really going to understand the greater importance of it connecting back with Amy Adams' character. I think you'll most likely be left at the very end going, well, what the fuck was that all about? Why did she go to dinner? How did that have to do with anything? I don't think you're going to get the greater revenge story that was being played out. Until you listen to this podcast. And now that you've listened to this podcast, you know
1: everything. <laughs> and spoilers are okay, right? Well, We're if they're not, up, they are if now. Not, they better be. They better be. Um, well, let's talk the about theme, money shots. Yeah, I was. you're reading my mind. All I right. was just going to say our podcast, it's entitled, listen, it is it's Money Shot. And I know, and it's not necessarily a specific shot in a film. It can be an overall. Sure. An overall. And again, so often the money shot might be, the ending or near the end of a movie, but I am gravitating to the, uh, the last five minutes of the film okay. and, and that scene of her waiting and waiting and that glass of bourbon or whatever it was halfway down now and time's passing. And then she finally, she finally gets it. That for me was indeed
0: a, uh, so when you look back on shot. this movie, five, years now, that's what you're going to stick with, with me. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's uh, you? The last you-
0: shot of her face will definitely stick with yeah. me. I think the other image that will really, really stick with me will be the picture of her looking at the revenge painting. It was so clean, and she the way she was kind of tilting her head and looking at this, and you could almost sense, like, she just had no fucking clue what it was. And it it really was this... Foreshadowing that was really beautiful and really nice. So I, for me, I, I like that moment as I well. I love the
1: way it was spelled out, too, on three lines. The letters yeah. R-E, then V-E-N, then G. And uh, like we already said, Robert, that comment, when did we acquire this? Yeah, You bought it. You bought, you it's bought it. Here, it's been here for a long time. And that's, uh, that's um, certainly a it's foreshadowing damning. of what's yeah. to
0: come. Were there any other shots that really stood out to you?
1: Nothing's coming to mind right now, but I think you had a few others. The, the other last
0: one that really... Um, There were there was a moment in the interrogation when Jake Gyllenhaal sees he's in the room with Michael Shannon, the sheriff character, and the bad guy that he's he's picking him out of the lineup. And some of the looks on Michael Shannon's face were so intense. And he was just leaning all over the bad guy and he was just staring at them at at him and, and and just the intensity in his eyes, his
1: body language, getting oh, too close, so good. too close, like you're rubbing up to him, yeah, know,
0: just touching shoulders, yeah. And then I think also the the last shot that we see of the fictitious Jake Gyllenhaal character, the the B storyline, um, where he's kind of dying in this field. uh, That's going to stay with me too. So those are kind of some of the images that stay with me: the the heartbeat sound, the boom, boom yeah, boom, boom, and it's slowing down. I think those were little moments that will stick with me. Absolutely. Any others for you? Ambitious. Yeah. Very impressive.
1: And um, I hope Amy gets it for this movie. Mm. And I hope her vote isn't split.
0: Do you think that Jake or Michael Shannon have a chance at getting nominated as well? I would love to see. There is a buzz about Michael, isn't there? For supporting Supporting actor?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think Jake
0: Jake is going to get it. I think right. he did a really nice job. He it turned a in a good performance. performance. It was solid. If he gets nominated, it would be w- a great... Oh, I mean, that that should be enough for him to say, you know what, I, I got nominated. But I think there's just too many other really good performances this year, as there always are. But this was... He had some really intense acting in this, and it was one of his better films, I would say.
1: If I had to lock in on the strongest... Acting done by a, a, a character in the film, it would be um, Michael.
0: It, yeah,
1: it, it would be. Uh, it would definitely be Michael. He is so powerful, so riveting. Um, or as I like to call is him,
0: I, Mikey.
1: Mike <laughs> 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 what are you talking? About? I don't know. I call him Mikey. <laughs> Remember that scene too? We're in the B story, folks. And again, I'm I'm sorry if we're making this more complicated than it needs to be, but when uh Jake was driving the car, mm-hmm. do you remember that? And the, the two of them were in the back seat. I, I just felt like so much tension. There was so much I thought something's gonna happen here. I was I was I, I was on a, the edge I of my seat. I was palm sweat my M- me I too. Was,
0: yeah. I was I was
1: getting really I'm like, what the fuck's gonna you go remember? on? Of course yeah. you remember that beat that he was driving, which was weird that he Yeah, and I thought something It was fucked up. Yeah. It was fucked up. It was fucked
0: up, and you knew it was fucked up. Yes, and you're waiting for the other shooter drop. You keep waiting for this release of the tension, and it it, it got defused. It didn't explode. It just That's defused. Right. But all this is testament to the fact he's a great writer. Yeah,
1: that this novel, this manuscript that he wrote in the Beast Story, that it was it was so powerful, and it just added credibility that he was meant meant to be a writer. Right. And, of course, that was one of the issues that broke up the marriage, that he wasn't enough of a doer. He wasn't ambitious enough. Right. And and that was the the failing of the marriage, she said. And, of course, listening to her mom. Mm. Women. You know what I mean, Robert? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking revenge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, on that note, that about <laughs> wraps it up for us this week. Uh, if you want to try to check us out on Instagram, feel free. Please uh, comment on our Instagram posts. Please retweet us on Twitter if you're on Twitter. If you want to email us, uh, email either one of us, you can email me at Robert at net or. And I'm Ira at net. Yep. Yes, okay. he is. So that about does it for this week.
1: Oh, and by the way, may I just make a pitch for myself that maybe there can be an email campaign that people might want
0: to see me back? If we get enough for- emails, <laughs> I might consider it. We'll see how this goes. All right. So that'll do it for this week. Keep watching movies, and we'll help you sort them out. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks.